0: It is. This is good work. Should we take it up to Ben? Uh, no. Not yet. Why not? We, we got law. Th- this is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another 90 out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print that story when we get it. But we, we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. We don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is gonna find these letters and butcher this story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. So we'll write a holding story and we'll keep our eye on the Herald. Keep our eye on the Herald? Yeah. They run this and they get it wrong. The church will bury it. We, we gotta do this now. Mike, Mike. What? Why, why are we hesitating? Barron told us to get law. This is law. Barron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that will put an end to this. No, let's take it up to Ben. Let him decide. We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew, and they let it happen to kids. Okay? It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We gotta nail these scumbags. We gotta show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope.
1: What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, the RP, where four friends review movies that you absolutely should have seen already. My name is Tyler, and I'm here with three of my best friends.
2: My name is Jake. I'm Scott. My name is Zach. I just got to say, I'm excited that this week my mic is going to work correctly.
1: I we have like so much more technology that's working and happening, and it's great. And, and we're in the same
2: room. Yeah, we're in person again. Oh, thank God. It was How are you feeling? Oh, sorry. And we're still going to talk over each other. <laughs> <first>.
1: <laughs> we just got to keep that consistent for the fans. Yeah. They wouldn't know what to do if if uh, we weren't talking over each other. Yeah, at a certain point,
3: I'm gonna act like I can't hear any of you guys. I'm just gonna keep talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan, man. And then Tyler, you just gotta keep an eye on Jake for if he ever lifts that to take a oh, drink.
1: I w- uh, my my eyes are locked on that. Well, glass. I here's the
2: thing: is uh, this is a nice
3: rubber coaster, and there's no condensation here. I had a, just a bad idea of I had like this coaster that. Is not a good coaster because when you have a, a cold drink, it just sticks to the bottom. Ah! Uh, and I made some loud noise. Uh, hopefully that. Got I was in. talking
2: more about him making you talk right as you're taking. Oh, the okay. I think
1: talking about the noise I made
2: last week. No, no. I mean oh, no. that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, guys, I'm so excited that we're here together. Me Fe- too. Reunited Me too. and it feels so good. You, you feeling get, caffeinated, Tyler? I, I you know. <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I spilled some of it all over my face. Uh, I think we got video of it by happenstance. So we'll put that up on the gram for you guys. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Pretty yeah. stoked. We got some
4: great shots of Scott dancing too. That's true. <laughs> I want to make that into a GIF. That's true.
3: <laughs>
2: you're, you're a GIF man. You're not a GIF man. I got to be honest with you. I forgot we were video recording. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't did that. think about that until right well,
3: now. Well, the thing is, is was like, wow, I'm glad we're doing video now. And then like 30 seconds later, Scott's like, we got that on video.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Sorry guys. I'm a little slow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's okay yeah. we we love you we forgive you it'll and, be fine and oh, we thanks.
4: know and the scott uh, the, the tots know yeah i mean is, i almost said the scots all the scots, scots, know. The, scots. The, scots. the scots all of we them can change know. their
2: name to the scots
3: <laughs> we could i think that's what scott wanted from the beginning i think that
2: was the long con when he picked rotten potatoes yeah together we're rp and the scots <laughs> <laughs> we could call them Scots tots scott's tots yeah <laughs> That's never been used before, has yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think so. Definitely not on any like major... Entertainment. Entertainment, <laughs> yeah. Parks and Rec. They did
4: That's it. That's what it was. Yeah. It was oh, Parks and Rec, right. yeah. All right.
1: Well, uh, today we are covering uh, one... Like, this movie's up there for me. It's not... I don't know if it's in my top 10, but I do really love this, this film, Spotlight. I'm super amped about it. Um, and thank you guys for indulging me with it because i don't know what you guys thought i i was like this is gonna be hit or very miss for this group
3: when i heard what it was about i was like tyler bummer summer's over
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know but i liked it okay all right well uh scott do you want to jump into uh, a little bit of just the facts about this movie
2: yeah i would love to uh so spotlight came out, that is not, oh, that's our episode date. I was about to say it came out in uh, 2021 in August. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, came out November 20th, 2015. It was directed by Tom McCarthy, uh, written by Josh Singer and uh, Tom McCarthy. It uh, had a runtime of 129 minutes. Uh, The other guys gave this a 97%, pretty high. And IMDb gave it an 8.1%. It had a box office of $98 million with a budget of $20 million. Uh, Pretty good ROI on that one. It won two awards for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay and then lost for Best Supporting Actor. I didn't write their last name, so I don't know who. Best Supporting Actress. Didn't write her name. Don't know who. Probably Rachel McAdams. Probably Rachel McAdams. And I would guess probably Mark Ruffalo Ruffalo, because I feel like he did the best out of anyone um and then I'll check. Di- directing and film editing nice so 1 2 lost 4 6 six nominations though pretty good it's uh, crazy that you can get best original
3: screenplay just you know this just happened
2: yeah even you though know? it was just a real story yeah
4: <laughs> it was Rachel McAdams and it was Mark Ruffalo yeah we're pretty
1: good at guessing yeah i it's mean it like we watched it <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost like we watched it and i mean mark ruffalo really nailed it in this
3: yeah, you know what I've been finding? I feel like we've done a couple Mark, Ruff- Mark Ruffalo movies recently. I like him a lot. He's not just the Hulk to me anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is that what he started out as for you? Yeah, I mean, what, Avengers came out in, when was that? In 2012. Yeah, I was in, like, you high school. Like, yeah, I wasn't watching. Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching a bunch of other Mark Ruffalo movies, but I was like, oh, That's hey, true. Do you know what's old- funny?
2: Thinking about this. I understand that Michael Keaton's probably the main character, but as I was watching it, like I was drawn to Mark Ruffalo's character the whole time. Like I would have considered him the main actor, not a supporting actor.
1: Yeah, I I get what you mean. Um, And I think part of that is just because it, like they really did focus a lot on Mike Rosendez because he was the one who actually wrote the article. Um, And so, you know, I think that's part of it. And also, uh, we were doing a little research before we started recording, and uh, Mike Resendez was the only person of this group still working at Spotlight as a reporter when this movie came out. Mm. Um, Watching
4: Mark Ruffalo, there were times where he would say things, and I'd be like, he's talking so weird. Like, like he's talking so much differently in this movie than he does in other movies. Mm -hmm. And we learned that... uh, what? how do you say his name? Re- Resendez. Resendez was there on set a lot of times, and Mark would actually ask him in between takes if he could recite some of the lines so that he could kind of like talk it back and, and kind of learn the way that he spoke, Resendez spoke. Um, so I would imagine that he was able to emulate that
2: really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah, he uh, even at one point, I guess, he asked uh R- Resendez said in an interview that uh Mark Ruffalo asked him can I just watch you yell at people? <laughs> Mark asked, Mark Resendez, asked that. Resendez that? To, if you <laughs> could just watch Resendez yell at people. So I, I assume for that clip that we just heard like when yeah. he's screaming at Robbie. Did
3: they just like pull a PA
1: in? <laughs> <have> feel... <laughs> Other duties <laughs> as a assigned. <laughs> Get yelled at by this reporter. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if he actually did. He just said that, that Ruffalo asked him that he didn't, uh, he didn't elaborate on if he, if he did it for him or not, but I would imagine he probably did. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We were talking about this, uh, off air. Most like biopic movies are about people who are like already, you know, gone, like they're dead or they're just so old and it was so long ago in their life. But like, this is one of the rare times where it's like you have people that are like this is in their recent history. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That they're able to really recount like what was going on.
3: Are you trying to tell me that like rocket man didn't
1: happen exactly like that for Elton John? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think so. You know? Huh. Yeah. And nor, nor did, uh, 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 Bohemian Rhapsody happened just like that for, uh, Freddie Queen. But yeah. yeah,
3: Freddie Mercury wasn't there to tell it, you know.
1: No, but Brian May sure was. Mm. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, uh, like I said, I love this movie. Yeah, why'd um, you pick it? I I am a <laughs> that <was> so glad <laughs> He was <laughs> getting <laughs> into it already.
2: <laughs> why did you pick the movie, Tyler? Why did why? you make me watch this? Yeah,
1: why? Uh, tell me now. <laughs> I have like such. I'm I'm like a sucker for journalism. Like I have such. I, I hold journalists in such high esteem. And so pretty much every movie about journalism, I am all over it. My favorite TV show is Newsroom, like, because it's about journal. Like, I just really love journalism. And so when this came out, I was immediately like, oh, a journalism movie. Definitely going to go watch it. And Zach and I actually watched it together in theaters. And uh, I knew that it was going to be about the scandal, um... I mean, if you're still listening to this episode and you haven't seen the movie, uh, the movie documents uh, the Boston Globe breaking the story on uh, the Catholic Church sex abuse scandal in Boston, which went to national news and subsequently led to hundreds of other investigations throughout the world that revealed more stories like this. But this was really the the tip of the iceberg and, and kind of the breaking point. And so I knew that's what it was going to be about. And I remember that scandal happening just vaguely because, you know, it was in my living memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really knew more about the scandal as it unfolded, not how it got broke. And so I was super fascinated by this movie. I loved it. I, I loved all the performances in it. I thought the music and, uh, you know, the dialogue was just so compelling And we walk out of the theater and I was like, man, that was awesome. Zach, what'd you think? And Zach was like, eh, it was okay. And I was so like, like I didn't like really get into it, but I was so heartbroken that you didn't (laughs) like it. (laughs)
2: So Zach, do you like it better this time?
1: Yeah. Should I get into
4: it right now? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, This time around,
2: I really, really loved it. Oh, okay. Like I loved it. I don't know what. Would you say that you loved it more than Spirited Away? (laughs) I th- <laughs> like okay, let me phrase it differently. Do you think this is a better movie than Spirited Away? Yeah, I for sure think okay. it's a better movie. I feel than like Spirited we should have Ad like Away. a
3: singer with like air horn noises <laughs> and then and then uh like we could just like put uh what's her name, Chihiro's face on the screen. <laughs> right yeah, the
4: uh no, I loved it yeah, I do think it's better than Spirited Away. Um, I think it's better than most of the movies we've done so far. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. I don't know what was wrong with me that time. <laughs> Is this the first time you watched it since you saw it in theaters? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. time since. I must have just not been in the right mindset for it. Yeah. I don't know what it was. But maybe, I
2: maybe I, back then you were just a film buff, you weren't or you were just a, a movie. No, a fanatic, he's like, a this wasn't book. Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, Where was the giant squid?
4: <laughs> I was hoping this was Watchmen. <laughs> <I don't know.
3: laughs> no, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah either yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's exactly where was the giant squid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my, I, my big complaint. That's typically it was my only think. complaint, but it matters so much that it, it dropped it from like a great to like an eh. Yeah. You know, like the movie can be perfect, but if there's not a giant squid, what am I doing? So you only like like five movies, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Anything above a nine has to have a giant squid in it. That's why I hated the Zack Snyder Watchmen because they took the giant squid out. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, How, where was the giant squid in Social Network?
4: Uh, It was a metaphorical giant squid. You didn't watch the director's cut? No, I just watched the regular. (laughs) Really? You didn't watch the Fincher cut? No. Dude, big oof on you
3: man i gotta go let's do another episode on that yeah (laughs)
4: that's why i was like but i know you don't like ruffalo but like the scene where the giant squid squishes him to death is awesome you mean Zuck? Zuck. yeah Yeah. what did i say ruffalo (laughs) Ruffalo. (laughs) did i say ruffalo yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah Well, Ruffalo plays Mark Zuckerberg in <laughs> the what in, in the yeah. Oh, so yeah. just in the just in the deleted scenes. Yeah, they brought in Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, no, yeah, they like no, they they went back and inserted him into all the shots. It doesn't look super great, but like you <laughs> kind of have to suspend your disbelief, and it okay. and it really works. So he's green screened. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Who played
2: the giant squid? Uh, Eddie Murphy.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: Eddie Mur? Yeah. I forgot about that. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: man.
1: I missed right. a lot of that. So Scott and Jake, you guys were both late bloomers to this one, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so Scott, what did you think? What was your take on this?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Zach. I thought it was really, really good. I think it's one of the better movies we've uh, watched on this podcast. I was like, after fin- having finished it, I was like, man, I'm kind of bummed I haven't seen this yet. Like, mm. um, It's really good. I definitely will watch it. As it comes up in my future, but um, <laughs> it's a weird way to phrase it. As <laughs> the movie come, as it presents itself. As, to like, yeah. Uh, when people I
3: mean, are like, "Hey, did you hear about the Catholic sex scandal?" You're like, do have I? <laughs> 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 Let me show you spotlight.
2: <laughs> and then you pull out your pocket projector and you show yeah. it to them right there. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I really, really liked it. How about you, Jake? I liked it a lot,
3: and you know, like I think even though it happened when I was alive, I was like five. And so it was just, it was one of those things that I always knew. And I kind of like didn't realize that it was so recent. Like 9-11 almost prevented this story from breaking. Right. Which is just like, I don't know, a crazy thought to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So it was, I was interesting to see all that to me. Like, even though it happened in my lifetime, I feel like there was a lot I didn't realize. Um, And I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good.
1: Yeah. That was one of the things for me that uh I mean, obviously puts it in the context of time, but also just, it, it's super crazy to me that like such a big story would have to get pushed. You know what I mean? Like it makes me think like, what else is happening in the world that like reporters know about that I don't because yeah. there's bigger things in the news cycle that that month or that year in, in this case. Um, that's insane to me. Yeah, it was it was crazy. What
3: I was just thinking about it, where I was like, "Man, did something else get pushed?" Or like, like, what if, like, what if he didn't catch his flight back in time and they didn't put the story out? Know, right, whatever happened, you know? Yeah, like maybe we don't hear about this.
1: Right. Yeah, like if it just happens to hit at the wrong time and you know doesn't get received, and so it doesn't get picked up by the New York Times and then everyone else, you know, like what what if kind of a thing? Yeah, because that that's like. I mean, it, it, it is really tough to like wrap your head around Scott. I remember you laughing at at this point, but, uh, when they first hear from the, um, from the, the researcher, the, the therapist that, uh, has done the research on this, that it was 7% of priests, uh, was his findings act out with minors, act out sexually with minors. And, uh, and they're like, well, how many is that for us? And it's like 90. And then they go to Ben Bradley Jr., the managing editor, and he was like, 90? 90 priests? If someone would have heard about that. Like, you know, like it, it is super crazy to think about the scale and the scope of that.
3: Yeah, and then just like
1: the power to cover that up. For yeah. So long. Yeah. Well, and then it and ended up in like the final title cards or whatever. That it was like there were actually two hundred and fifty something priests and brothers in Boston that ended up getting implicated in mm-hmm. this. Like it wasn't ninety; it was way more it was than way that. more. Yeah. Uh, and this started with like one, maybe thirteen, and it was like, man, it, it's insane to be to like put yourself in that moment of these reporters, and like to think about the the scale of the story you're working on.
2: Yeah, it's crazy me to to think about like why would the Catholic church cover up something like this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like like the
2: opposite of everything they stand for, or at least that they say they stand for. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Why would they? But I mean, I feel like it's gotta be one of those things. I'm not defending them by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's like the, the dominoes falling kind of a thing where it's like, okay, like we covered it up once, we covered it up twice. This is happening a lot more you know, do we go public with it now? Do we be honest with it now? Or do we cover it up? And then it hits a critical mass where it's so ridiculous, you know, but you've been covering it up for so long that you can't come out now with it. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, what a tangled web we weave, I guess, you mm-hmm. know?
2: Yeah, it makes me wonder like how it got started though. Cause I mean, I work for a church and if it came out that someone on the staff was doing something like this, I would think immediately like, they can't work here anymore. Right. I wouldn't like think of, okay, well, let's I really like another this campus. person. So. <laughs> yeah, let's move to another, another place. Yeah. That's crazy to me. It's just crazy. It's yeah.
1: sad. Oh, very sad. Uh, yeah. It's tragic. It's tragic. I mean, we can't talk about this movie without addressing like the subject matter of it, of it. And it is super tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like what a, what a like impressive, Telling of this story. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, let's break it down a little bit. Acting. What'd you guys think about? We, we had a couple of, uh, we had a couple of nominations. What'd you guys think about acting?
2: Lackluster. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Not a, not a huge fan. Wouldn't try again.
1: (laughs) Acting. Learn about it. (laughs) No.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I can't think of anyone who didn't like hit their mark. Yeah. I felt like every single person in this movie did a phenomenal job.
4: Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think everyone did a really good job. One of the things that I really like about this movie is it didn't feel like they, uh, pushed like uh, acting didn't really feel like the priority in this movie. Mm. It really felt like the story was the priority. And I felt like no one oversold their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where it felt like these characters felt very real mm-hmm. just in some of their conversations. Um, uh, so I thought everyone did a really good job of embody, embodying uh, real people and just like kind of, we're kind of just being dropped in on in moments that these real reporters were just having with each other and it didn't feel too sentimental or anything like that. It didn't feel like Oscar-baity, you know, like for yeah. winning Best Picture, it really didn't feel like, uh, you know, a lot of times when movies are coming out in real time, we'll watch something and think like, oh, that's Oscar-bait, you know, like they're, yeah you know it, this doesn't feel like that at all to me
1: like three like three billboards kind of a thing like where it's maybe, like oh, okay yeah
4: or uh i'm yeah i'm trying to think of of something recently unforgiven probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> the shape no, of water you know what? he, he wasn't <laughs> yeah kind of you know? um but yeah this didn't feel like it to me the only scene i can i can think of in this isn't a knock to the scene or the movie at all cuz it felt like it was kind of necessary at in that part of the movie was the clip that we played where it was like, that's the only like big moment. And yeah. other than that, like I feel like this movie didn't need the actors to sell what was going on to the audience. It's just the story itself was enough.
1: It and was I, a and little understated.
4: That. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that Rachel McAdams got nominated for this. Not because she did a bad job. I think she did a great job, but because, like, there wasn't any moment where I was watching her thinking, like, oh my gosh, like, she, you know. I I think maybe it's because we're conditioned to expect big bravado performances from people, uh you know. And, and that that's what gets nominations, you know. And it she didn't need to do that. And I'm glad she didn't do that, you know.
3: Yeah, no, I think that this probably benefited a lot from the fact that, One, everybody that was there was alive. And two, that they were all reporters. I feel like they probably are good at telling the story because that's what they do and, like, being very objective. Like, you're talking about it didn't feel overly sentimental or weird. It's just because they were there and they could tell you very exactly what happened and as it happened. So I feel like the acting was good, but probably that was... I would guess a huge part
4: of it. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was any like fat that needed to be trimmed from this movie. It yeah. felt like very focused, very intentional. Um yeah, and and I think that the movie works really well because of that. No, oh, I was in it the whole time. It yeah, the great. the pacing is really good. Oh, There's yeah. There's not really a single moment that feels uh, slow or, or like rushed. it was just like why why did why is this in the movie like mm-hmm. everything feels like it needs to be there yeah and and there was no stretch of the movie that I've I lost interest I was engaged the entire time totally
1: that's a that's a really good point though Scott like to balance that because like sometimes movies like we fault them for being too slow but like the the opposite sin is like. M- honestly more annoying to me when it's too rushed Mm -hmm. when we just like hastily like brush past exposition like Batman versus Superman yeah exactly yeah Yeah. I mean totally where it's just like okay like I, I just have to accept that piece of information and move on because like, yeah, it's a big part of the movie, but you didn't give it any time. Speaking
2: you know. of Batman versus Superman, it, it that failed in both categories. It like prolonged too many <laughs> things. And then like the the few things that I'm like, okay, people will care about this. <laughs> they're like,
3: yeah, no. Yeah. They were moving a mile a minute when they shouldn't have been. And yeah. then they were just really dragging out everything yeah. else. Right.
2: Terrible movie. Worst <laughs> Terrible movie. Terrible movie. I
1: might rate that one lower than Child's Play. <laughs> I would too. So, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I didn't. It was I me. I, oh, I, I wanted to say, speaking of um, like understated performances, one of my favorite characters in this movie is actually Marty Baron, the new yeah. senior editor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Leave, or editor Schreiber. Leave, leave Schreiber. I think Leave Schreiber just did such a good job with this role.
4: I think he was my favorite character. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny because he has the least screen time out mm-hmm. of anyone, really. But just the. Like, he felt like such a real person. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, not, like, to your point, like, not Oscar bait, you know what I mean? Not this really over-the-top dramatic performance, just, like, a very measured, calculating, uh, you know, a little bit quiet guy, an observer, you know? But with a very powerful presence and a very powerful voice. Um, And my favorite scene in this whole movie, my favorite line is from him, it's at the end, and he says, uh, you know, when, when they find out that Walter Robinson had had this story years prior, and had kind of just buried it, not intentionally, just, you know, he didn't even remember it. Uh, and he says, you know, I can't speak to what happened before I got here, but all of you done some excellent reporting. And it, sometimes it's easy for us to forget that we're all just stumbling around in the dark. And when a light gets turned on, there's always a fair amount of blame to go around. And I love that line and like the way he delivers it, like it's always just really stuck with me because it's just such such a truth of life, you know, that we are all just figuring it out as we go along. And as soon as something becomes obvious and apparent to one of us, there's a lot of blame for like, well, why didn't you do this? You know, like as we get older, like, you know, and a little bit more mature, and and realize some of the things in our life and how we think about things. We look at our parents, and it's like, why did you make these choices or raise me this way or that way? You know, um, but it's important for us to remember that, yeah, we're all just sort of stumbling around in the dark.
4: I was hoping you were going to say that that was the scene that you loved because I loved that as well. I think that's also my favorite scene. Yeah, and I love that line that he said. Yeah. But also at the same time, I remember thinking like, man, it's like, I think this is my favorite scene, but at this point in the movie, it just feels like powerful scene after powerful scene. It was oh, just like, yeah. but I also loved the scene that just came before this. Right. And then I love the next scene, yeah. you know, and yeah. up until the very end, like I love the last shot of the movie oh. when I forgot his name, but Michael Keaton's character walks down. He realized that they're just getting a ton of calls and he walks in and he's just kind of like takes a moment to to let it sink in that they're getting all these calls from victims. And then he just picks up the phone and just says spotlight and it ends right there. Oh. But yeah, no, I love that. I love that scene as well. Uh, just got goosebumps. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It was awesome. Um, one, it, it, I had an interesting experience watching this movie again because I had forgotten a lot of it. All I really remembered was that I, I remember the basic premise and I remember that Mark Ruffalo was in it and that's it. Uh, I forgot about Lee Schreiber, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams. And so every time people popped up, I was like, oh, there's Billy Crudup. Oh, there's yeah, that other person. Yeah. yeah, I forgot they're in this. But I forgot uh, about Marty Baron's role at all. Mm-hmm. And in that first dinner scene, I remember watching and thinking like, oh, is he going to be like the villain? Like, right. is he going to like try to shut Spotlight down? Because he seems very like apprehensive about mm-hmm. what they do. And then I end up really like loving his character, and I you realize how important he is to this story, and it was a really cool for me surprise, you know,
1: that he in so many ways is really the real hero. Yeah, because he's who says, you know, he, like, challenges, he them challenges them
2: to do something more.
1: Yeah. Know. It's like, you know, this seems like something we should do. And yeah. everyone, including Ben Bradley Jr., is pretty, like, apprehensive about the whole thing. Like, kind of like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know, very dismissive. Like, up until really, like, the crux of the movie, like, midway through, uh, he's very dismissive.
4: Yeah, I love when uh, when Baron is really trying to, like, push the story on them, and, and Michael Keaton's like, typically we pick our own. And he's like, okay would you consider picking this one? <laughs> like he's kind of just like, you're doing this. Yeah. Sorry. I,
1: yeah. I feel like, uh, there's like a really good lesson to be learned in this movie. And, and, you know, all of these guys are, you know, got to spend time with their real life counterparts, all of these actors and all of the reporters, you know, on an interview just keep saying like, yeah, they nailed it. Uh, uh, Walter Robinson, Robbie Robinson, that uh, is played by Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton had, like, watched, um, like, a video clip and had written some of his writing and had heard some of his audio recording. And so when he met him, uh, when Michael Keaton went and met Robinson, Robinson was, like, he said he was actually scared. And he said, uh, he asked him, how how can you know so much about me we just met? Uh, And in another interview, he said that uh, watching him on screen was like looking in a mirror. Um, And Mike Resendez said similar things of Mark Ruffalo. So, you know, I think that like to say that uh, all of these performances are pretty good portrayals of the real people. And like, I feel like there's such a like such good lessons to be learned about leading people from Marty Baron in this movie. You know what I mean? Just the the calm and like patient demeanor that he has. And even in that, like, would you consider, you know, taking on this one? Like,
4: yeah. Like he doesn't just shut them down and be like, too bad. Things are different now. You know, like this is how I run things.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And even just the way that he like seems to really like nurture and sort of even like care for the staff, you know, Um, he, he, the the this character you know this portrayal reminds me just so much of some of my like favorite people in my life you know that have some of those qualities. Um, what about uh music for you guys?
2: I honestly can't remember music. I, I can't say that I remember it.
1: Okay, music
4: in my opinion for this movie was not one of the high points. Okay, I think that there were times where I thought the music was really good, and then there were other times where. There's a a scene specifically, and I don't remember exactly what's going on, but I remember thinking this feels a little like elevator type music or Mm -hmm. like the kind of music you're going to hear like when someone puts you on hold, like Mm -hmm. when you call for customer support. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It felt a little inconsistent, a little just weird or kind of didn't fit the tone perfectly at times. It was one of the only like nits that I have really to pick.
1: Well, how, yeah. do you, how do you Pick feel that about it? it? No, I love it. I I, I actually listen to the soundtrack all the time at work. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And and maybe because of that element that there are certain like segments of the score that do feel a little bit like um background, you know, versus like, you know something that I really need to pay attention to. Like, Lord of the Rings is something that, like, I can't listen to while I'm working because it draws me in to pay so much attention to it. Sure. Like, it, you know, it's it's big, it's beautiful, and it, it sort of demands attention, um, whereas this doesn't. Um, but that's one of the things I loved about this because, and this... Uh, Thank you, Jake and Scott, for making my point. One of the things I love about this is it does just really, for me, bleed into the story. Like, it it doesn't draw attention to itself. And, like, sometimes you want a score to really elevate the experience, but sometimes the score can get in the way of what's happening. Like, Scott, you were talking about um, with Requiem for a Dream, mm-hmm. where, like, the score was
2: just too... It's too dramatic for like what the the movie, it didn't feel like it fit with that movie, to right? Me, to right. Me. Um, However, if you move that over to this movie, <laughs> <laughs> it would also
1: not work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what uh, what were some of your guys? Uh, Zach and I have talked about a couple of them, I think. But what were some of your guys' favorite favorite parts, favorite lines?
3: Um, I think that I I, I really liked the the clip that we used at mm-hmm. the beginning. You know, I was thinking about it when you were saying it, Zach, uh the that dinner scene where they meet him. I totally f- I kind of forgot about that, and I got the same vibe you did where I was like, "Oh, is he like not going to be a great guy?" And it was amazing how quickly I fr- I forgot about that while I was watching the movie and how much I like yeah, just immediately forgot that bad impression and yeah. liked him, which I thought was funny.
2: I think my favorite part was when they were up in uh the skyscraper. And he, uh, Mark Ruffalo just picked up Tom Hiddleston and just started like smashing him around on yeah. the floor. And then yeah. he said, smash. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so confused for a sec. <laughs> he said, puny God. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was one of my favorites. Yeah. When Mark
3: Ruffalo just said he was always angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then
2: he punched the giant space
1: slug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Gosh. <laughs> <do me. laughs> uh, the, uh. I I had some momentum. I know, one, right? <laughs> at, at first, well, I then thought you made the mistake of talking to us. I know, right? <laughs> at first, I thought you were going to say like talking about the giant the giant skyscraper. I thought you were going to talk about the lawyer's office, um, mm. which is I I did want to bring up because Zach, you mentioned it that he's in this Billy up. but I really loved him in this too. Like he always like he plays such a good smarmy character. You know, like just a little yeah. A little snake-like,
3: you know. Yeah, and there was like something I didn't understand in him, where like he was like, "Oh, I reported. I told you guys about this. Why didn't you do anything about it? I continued to do it for 20 years." Like yeah. that whole scene. He's like, "I gave you guys the names." Yeah, and then like, but you didn't. You just kept doing it.
1: Yeah. You know? No, I I hear you. I get it. And but I'm I'm really conflicted by and and the reporters were really really as a group conflicted by him because it's like, well, uh, it's the unfortunate nature of being a defense attorney kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's your job to get the best, you know, to act in the best interest of your clients. And if the system is set up that that's the best your clients can do, then, you know, you, you don't want to necessarily risk losing your entire career over breaking something like confidentiality, you know, like it's a tough position.
4: There was a lot of, like, that was something that I really liked about this movie was, like, some of the ethical dilemmas that it presented. <clears throat> one of the ones that uh, that kind of popped out to me the most or, or I think made the biggest impression was uh, specifically when that one victim kind of said, this isn't just sexual abuse, it's spiritual abuse. Mm. Like, they robbed me of my faith. Mm. And you can kind of see this is a theme throughout the movie where the reporters... Not only them, do they kind of feel like they're a little bit robbed of their faith as well. Like there's times where like, I think Rachel McAdams, her character says like, I liked going to church with my Nana. Like, and yeah. now I can't, I'm angry. And Mark Ruffalo kind of said like, I, I always figured I'd go back. Um, but they're, they're kind of nervous. Like they can tell that this is going to be part of the fallout. Mm. If they break this story is like, it's going to, it's going to kind of wreck a lot of people's idea of church and mm-hmm. faith and like what's that going to do for them, you know? At least that was something I thought about a lot, and I think that's really kind of uh, brought home when when Rachel McAdams is watching her Nana read the story, you know, mm. and you can just see it. And uh, that scene was, was really powerful in and of itself. And a, a great definition of, like, they didn't oversell the scene. The Nana doesn't break down crying or, like, do something super dramatic. She just, like... Very, um, it was such great acting on that. Nan, I don't oh, even know who yeah. that is, but she just says, "Can I have a drink of water?" And it's like you can tell, like this is really making an impression on her. You know,
1: yeah, it's shaking her in a very like human way. Yeah, and like that's, I, I think to your point, like just kind of like expounding on that, like that. That's one of the the biggest flaws in movies is when they just don't feel human anymore. Like no human would talk like that or no human would react that way. It's just theaterized, you know, it's overdramatic and, and, and theaterized. And, and that moment is just so human. The other, I'm sorry, real quick. The other superhuman moment that I wanted to talk about was, um, Rachel McAdams when she, uh, is going door to door and she goes up to the, uh, the father, uh, Ronald Paquin and like gets him and her shock at, like, your father, Paquin, and she's like, um, and she, like, gets her notebook out and, like, can I ask you some questions? And then, you know, as he's answering, and she's just her her whole interaction there was so real. Like, mm-hmm. so
2: surprised that he's even
1: talking with her. But, like, genuine, like, human surprise. Not, like, you know, oh, oh well, uh, you know, like, it was just so, it felt so natural and real. and And so for, like, that... I think about moments like that. I'm not surprised that she got the nomination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do want to mention
2: before you jump in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, uh, at the beginning of your last train of thought, you said a superhuman moment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's on to the whole whole thing the whole Hulk thing. Yeah. That yeah.
1: right. was that was an <laughs> Easter egg for the tots that you ruined, Scott. Oh. <laughs> Can we also just say like I'm
4: the more I'm thinking about this like. It's crazy how many Marvel people are in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think all of them, but just all actors, are Marvel people now. It's, yeah, that's true. That is There's so a lot true, of Marvel but movies, but I'm forgetting. Like, oh yeah, Rachel McAdams was in Doctor Strange. Yep. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Spider Man. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, I mean, I guess Batman's not Marvel. I was gonna say he's in two different ones, but he was Spider Man's bad guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Ruffalo.
2: Like, I don't know who the fourth reporter is. I've never seen him.
1: I'd never really. I I can't think of it. I can't think of a time I've ever seen him in anything else. He he
4: actually pops up in a lot of stuff. He's a pretty good character actor, but uh, he's in uh, one of our favorite shows, uh, 13 Reasons Why.
1: Oh,
4: wait, I what? think he's the dad. I think he's uh, Hannah Baker's dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you're right. So I don't think he's in it after season one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're right. That is him. Yeah, yeah, which was probably a good call on his part. <laughs> All right, Jake, you're up. Oh shoot.
1: Okay. Do you remember <laughs> what you Yeah, were I remember say. what I
3: was gonna say. Uh <laughs> but you were talking about how like it's a bad thing. I don't think it's always a bad thing to have like not human feeling, like speech and reactions where mm-hmm. like like the Lord of the Rings or like or like I really love Deadwood or something. And it's like people don't talk like people do in those movies, uh or in that show, but it's just it's it's fitting the scene and it's fitting what it is. So like it would have been very not fitting to this movie, but I don't know that I think it's always a bad thing, mm. you know? Yeah, that's fair.
2: I think you're right. I think it depends on like what kind of movie it is too. Like I think in a movie that's about a real story, I think that is more true. And then something that's more fantasy, like, yeah, I think it's okay to have some things that are more fantastical. Uh-huh.
1: Or, yeah, I'm or not... like obviously comedy, like comedy exists in the, in the insane, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like, it, like, like, Funny, like something that's super real is not funny, you know? Sometimes it is.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I think that that's maybe uh, one of the reasons that, like, actually, I don't know how you guys feel about Bohemian Rhapsody, but I know a lot of people didn't like it. and I, I think haven't seen it. That's maybe one of those reasons is, like, yeah, there were scenes it. where it didn't feel that real, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, where it's presenting itself as if it's something real, but it's very much feels not
4: but then on the other hand you have rocket man and rocket man is rocket man is not trying to be like a spotlight where it's like like rocket man is intentionally trying to be very fantastical and mm-hmm. it's a musical and you know there's like moments where you have to suspend your disbelief and or your belief i mean and and it feels feels it fits better in that kind of movie you know
3: yeah. no i liked it i liked rocket man a lot i liked I d- rocket I man
4: like bohemian rhapsody i'm the much. same way i liked rocket man a lot too i did not see were, that one either oh it's i mean, i think it's worth watching for sure um, i would say it for sure is yeah
3: but like there are scenes in there that just like just like things didn't happen. like i read the he had a biography i read elton john's biography i was like oh not, not a lot of this happened but i didn't care oh i just had a good time watching it yeah you know
2: mm. don't you also just like love elton john though
3: I do
4: love Elton John, but like it's just it's a fun movie, you know. And I I like Elton John, but I don't really listen to him very often. I'm not passionate about him, and I I really liked that movie. But I, and like I Crocodile love "Crocodile Rock." It's a good
2: song. It's a good song.
4: Yeah. yeah. Do you like uh, "Tiny Dancer"?
2: You mean Tony Danza?
1: Yeah.
4: Do you yeah. like Tony Danza? <laughs> <The> boss.
1: <laughs> Hold me closer, Tony Danza.
4: Do you like the song Elton John wrote about Tony Danza? I do. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the That's best a one. Solid one. They almost named the uh, the movie Rocket Man Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they should come out with a spoof movie called Tony Danza, <laughs> and it's just a spoof on Elton John.
4: Think they
1: like, could get Tarantino in that one? Yeah. I'm sorry. Sh- that would be funny. <laughs> Am I in the shot? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you you were just uh, like shaking your leg, but then you had your arm on the table, so it was like just shaking the whole table. And oh so- man. <laughs> <laughs> It was that's, just, a, that's a
2: bad
3: habit of mine. I shake my leg a lot. Jake, stop. Yeah. I'll stop.
2: <laughs> I, I thought the like it was such a powerful ending too. Like, I know we kind of talked how like the last scene, but then on top of that, just that at the end it's like, hey, like this isn't something that just happened this one time. Uh, and it comes in and just starts listing cities that this has happened in. And it's like it went one on for page so long, two yeah. page, three page, four page, five pages of lists yeah. of cities. And I'm like, this is happening. At the thousands of people.
1: Yeah. And it it
4: was crazy when it said like, oh, like Cardinal Law, he just, you know, like he just got moved to one of the highest ranking churches in the world.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it Essentially was- Essentially <laughs> a promotion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like he resigned from, and then he got a promotion. a boy, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Well, because, you know, they, they kind of mentioned this in the movie, one of the- um, one of the, the uh, victims um, that they interview uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, But he says that, you know, this goes all the way to the Vatican and they ask, can you prove that? And he says, well, not yet. And I don't know if that was ever proven, but like the whole cardinal law getting promoted sort of like that is the proof, you know what I mean? Like Uh that's the circumstantial evidence that this literally went all the way to the Vatican. Um, and maybe, maybe not, you know, Pope John Paul, uh, but certainly the, you know, certainly the, the college of Cardinals, you know what I mean? But that like,
3: are... also if it wasn't happening for this long and like for this many people, like, you know, the Pope's got to come out of somewhere. He's got to know what's happening.
1: Yeah, so totally. Totally. I,
2: I also think it was like, ironically funny and crazy that they outed themselves through their like almanacs.
1: <laughs> that was yeah that was crazy how they were able to find that connection
2: oh with the like unassigned yeah sick
1: sick
3: uh-huh.
2: yeah yep. yeah that yeah
1: the yeah the, they left a paper trail it's basically. like hey
2: here's all the people that are doing inappropriate <laughs> things with minors the other crazy it's like thing. Hansel and Gretel yeah <laughs> <laughs> The other crazy thing to
3: me was like, this was only 20 years ago and that was how people did things. Like they were looking through books. They were (laughs) manually entering data into Excel. I was like, I can't like, sometimes I think, man, it'd be nice. Like, you know, go back to when I was a kid. But then I think, oh, that's a terrible existence. Yeah.
4: There's one point where uh, he like, I think it's the lawyer. Um, And by the way, what's his name again? The attorney for the victims. Oh. He's a big deal too. Mark oh, Strong? Yeah. Is it Mark Strong? No. No. I always confuse him. Um, oh, gosh. Gosh. I forgot his name in the movie too. Like, I forgot He's in Hunger about- Games. He's in a lot of stuff. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. But he says something like, I think I have it, uh, like a quote or something like that. And Mark is like, I'll track it down somewhere. And in my head, I was just like, oh, he'll probably Google it on his smartphone. <laughs> yeah, no. But then it was like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> he has to like find a paper like... You know, they have to find clippings. They have to go to this
1: ridiculous library system Mm -hmm. and find clippings. It was funny, Jake, that you mentioned that because I was watching an interview. It was like a round table with all the the actual reporters, and Robert Walter Robinson uh, was talking about that Excel spreadsheet. And he walked up to the, the guy, Joe something, the other reporter that was the one creating the spreadsheet. And he goes, what's that? And he's like, it's a spreadsheet. And he had to explain to him what like he had to teach him about what spreadsheets were. That's nuts. Like these guys were true old school reporters when they were doing this. That's nuts. Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He was good. <laughs> as well. Yeah.
1: No, let's talk about him for a second because he hasn't really come up yet at all. And he's a very central yeah person to the story into the movie who is this again he's the 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 lawyer that Garibedian. they were talking to that was um def-
3: like re- like for representing the, the church representing no, no not representing the church representing, uh, representing the victim oh yeah, he's, he's
2: like he's, he's also marvel who's he oh named? yeah who's he's he? the doctor from oh, uh, captain, america. America. captain america oh my <laughs> gosh you're right um but you know speaking of
3: him and then also like the power of the church like you know how they portrayed him as such like a crazy guy, and then <laughs> yeah. they're like, "Oh, I don't know who we're gonna be talking to. He's crazy." And he was just like, "Not. He was just very normal. Like, like I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of nutty, but not like, not like what I was expecting.
1: No, just in a in a like stressed out way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's just a very high strung person. Yeah,
3: like he was he was trying to to help a lot of people, and he probably had a lot. of of pressure on him. And I feel like that was what it was. I don't think he was crazy.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it sounds like he's had other people in the press try to quote unquote, help him before and they just used him. Uh-huh. And so he's, he, he seems like very like, uh, I'm, it's not actually going to help anyone to help this person. Right. I need to get back to doing my work.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or maybe not just didn't not just used him, but maybe actively worked against him. Mm hmm like you know really actually writing him up as you know a little bit of a loon um but yeah i i feel like stanley tucci killed this this role um and he's maybe the one that is a little bit more overacted like how uh, we can but it didn't feel unnatural like it was just sort of like you know it felt it felt natural
4: mm-hmm. Real quick, I wanted to. Uh, I, I looked up the fourth reporter that none of us are super familiar on. It, his name's Brian Darcy James. He's also Marvel. What is, is he in? <laughs> kind of. He's not MCU. Oh, okay. Oh, he's same Ramy Spider Man. No, he's an X Men. Oh, okay. He, what? Who was he?
2: Uh,
4: it says he's president. Something like president of something. It won't tell me in IMDb. Oh. But he was in. Um, I think. Dark, he's, 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 I think he's the president in X Men Two. No, it says Dark Phoenix. He was in X-Men oh. Dark Phoenix. But we also said like we couldn't really think what else he's been in. He's been in quite a bit of of stuff. He's been in 13 reasons why, like I said, he was in First Man. Oh. Um he was also in Molly's Game. I haven't seen it. Oh. I don't even know what that is. It's fantastic. It's a it's an Aaron Sorkin movie. Okay. The first movie that Aaron Sorkin directed.
1: It's a it's a, also a true story. It's about your sister.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> it's really good. You should watch it. I love it. Yeah. You're in maybe for the podcast. Really? Yeah.
3: yeah. Is that why those cameras came to my house? <laughs> yes. Uh, you it's just never it's question a documentary. That? It's not a. Yeah. I think yeah. That
4: that Sorkin guy did come over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was after was his we name? did. Andy? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was after we did the Social Network episode, and he was like, "Why didn't you uh, <laughs> like the movie, Jake?" <laughs> he came over.
3: To like my apartment, yeah. When we were doing that, okay.
4: Yeah, to get footage for you know for Molly's game, yeah. Okay, for Molly's game,
3: which you s- said it was the first movie he directed. That's true. What mm-hmm. about Social Network? He wrote. It. He wrote it. He
4: didn't direct Social Network. No, no. that was David Fincher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't remember all of the Just the
1: Facts? <laughs> no, no, I'm from sorry. Or from season one, or, sorry, episode nine. Or Zach talking about the Fincher cut for you 15 minutes. Yeah, you know what? I forgot.
4: Nah, I just think uh, I
2: don't remember which one it was. Hold on. I need to look to see if that's right.
3: Uh, Zach remembers all of the Sorkin episode numbers. That's it.
2: <laughs> that's uh, true. you were Quick, close. Money it was ball. episode eight. Oh, yeah? I was on Episode nine one.
1: was my favorite, Independence Day. <laughs> 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 uh All right. Well, I mean, I've got to say, I have high hopes of uh, bringing my average back up after the the tarnishment that was a lethal weapon. And, In uh, Footloose uh, before and footloose. that? Footloose was a rough 47%. <laughs> <laughs> Foot-
3: footloose was the worst birthday night of all time for me. <laughs>
4: But it's one of my favorite episodes.
3: That it was we've fun episode. Done.
1: It was a fun episode. Oh, yeah.
3: How's the Lord of the Dance been doing? Good, good. I got these new shoes and they've got spikes on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, they're called cleats. No, they're golf shoes. Uh, <laughs> they've got some golf spikes on the bottom. So nice. it, it's not as bad, you know, as cleats, but I'm
1: working up to them. Sorry yeah. for the leaf blower in the back, guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, our friend is outside blowing leaves. Dan, <laughs> our Dan. friend.
1: <laughs> uh, we've, we've uh, uh, on top of HR and all of our brand deals, we, he's the groundskeeper. Uh, we <laughs> are tasked Dan with keeping the grounds. Yeah. Hold <laughs> on, up, RP headquarters. Can we yell
2: at Dan to keep it down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach has left the building. <laughs> he's going to go yell at Dan. He's going to go talk to Dan. Oh, tell shoot. him uh, he's going to get a write-up in our HR system. But Dan can just bury that. Yeah. Much like but, the Catholic
3: church. But we, <laughs> we got to do our due diligence. Okay. So we're going to report on Dan burying his write
1: ofs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But like 40 years from now. <laughs> okay. Well, Dan will be
1: like 300 it's by then. Still alive though. Yeah. yeah still alive. He's immortal. immortal. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we will, uh, for this period of time, we will keep a uh, ledger uh, that w- he will be uh, on sick leave.
3: Oh, okay. And we're going to, we're just going to put that in a book in a crypt. <laughs> in a crypt. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It's funny. They did, I think they called that like the tombs or something like that. that... Yeah, it was scary down there. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go down to the tombs for that. It's like, oh.
2: Is, um,. Before we, we jump into any other ratings and stuff, is there any like recasts that you guys would do? God no. Uh
3: I would make Michael Keaton Robert Denny Jr. <laughs> and then I would make that one reporter to, uh, Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Mike
1: Rosendez would be Tom Holland. Yeah. And automate um, Chris Pratt, the
2: priest. No, sorry, Mike Mike is already in Marvel, right? <laughs> <laughs> that that oh, Mike Rosendez is, is yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, okay. Let's take it. <laughs>
1: and then would you pr- replace uh uh Rachel uh McAdams with uh uh Zendaya?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just to, you know, add a little bit of sexual tension in the office <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with
2: Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's bring this one let's, to a close. Let's bring it home. we're gonna start with you, Tyler and then I don't really care what the other order is because it seemed like everyone else really liked it. so we'll start with you and then we'll go around.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie uh, uh, 9.9 uh, books left in crypts.
4: Oh, I forgot we brought that back.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Tom thanked us on our Instagram for it. <laughs> did so, he? Yeah. yeah, he did. He said, thanks for bringing the old rating system back.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, just for you, Tom. Um Jake?
3: I'm gonna give it an eight point eight uh Excel
4: sheets that you had to explain to an old man. <laughs> uh I'll give it a nine point four abused children. <laughs> wow. It was, it was so easy to not do
1: that.
3: <laughs> to not say that. I thought of it and I was like, I can't say that.
1: <laughs> this is the main thing. I mean, yeah. yeah don't dance around it, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it 8.9. Best friends that are helping cover up the story.
4: Best friends. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Keaton's
2: best friend was helping.
4: That's true. It just makes it very. It makes it sound very wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do friends. you want to
3: cover up a sex scandal later?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, he wasn't helping Michael Keaton. He he,
3: he's saying that to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, all right. So this comes out to a 92% on okay. the on the uh, Rotten Potatoes podcast. It's pretty good. That's
1: pretty high. It's it's pretty high. It's what the other guys give
2: it? The other guys gave it a uh, 98. Oh, 98. Okay. Wow. No, 97.
1: Yeah. And IMDb was
2: a 8.1. 8.1. Right. This comes out to the number four movie that we've done. Really? Wow. Yep. Wow. What what beat it? Uh, yeah, give us our top five. Right, Inglorious is, is number one. Number one is Inglorious. Number two is No Country for Old Men. Three, Moneyball. And then this is number four. Wait, who picked
3: Moneyball? Was that Tyler? Me. Oh, oh you no, it was Moneyball. Scott. That's oh, right. God, I, I was going to say, man, oh. Tyler's really
2: owning the, the top four. <laughs> <laughs> and then number five is A Few Good Men. So Tyler has four of our top five, and I have one.
3: But hold on, a few good men lost Unforgiven for Best Picture. How can that be? Because <laughs> Unforgiven
2: was so not as good. Mm, I don't know. I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> it's it's also
4: still a bummer to me that there will be Blood is not in our top five. <laughs> that yeah. was such a good movie.
3: I, mean, I don't even think
4: it's in our top ten. No. it's.
2: Let's see. Yo, there's
3: only four of us, and if one of us gets off five, <laughs> it's, it's, it's number 23.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: I feel like we should be arrested for that. <laughs> Oh, man! Every time we rate a new movie, like it's just a constant it's reminder g- of of where there will be blood and a reminder of
2: what you guys rated so Tyler gave there will be blood nine point nine the <laughs> same as this Zach nine point eight Jake nine, and then Mia five point one <laughs> we we all
4: rated this better than spotlight uh except for Tyler, and Spotlight came up to four, and there will be blood twenty three <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Gosh. Gosh, that's fair. Can
3: we can we call Scott an outlier on that one?
2: <laughs> how we've we, already agreed. Like, to like, it, like if we were it.
3: if we were making a box and whisker of this, Scott's whisker would be like in the next state. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, how would you rate it now? There will you be said You've revisited yeah, it.
2: I would probably here, I'll I'll make the edit and see where it comes out to, and then I'll go back. Okay. Um, I would probably give it like an eight point eight. Oh, I really was hoping you were gonna say lower. <laughs> like a six, like point like, seven. Like, if, like if
3: Scott like moves it, uh it's like down to a four, he's like, Oh no, it's
1: now it's like the twenty-fifth. <laughs> yeah, the revisit that he's been talking about this whole time. Even worse, yeah. yeah. worse.
2: That would move it up to a ninety-three percent and would give it the three spot.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. But instead it's number twenty three. Move down <laughs> twenty spots.
1: <laughs> You're
2: such a
4: jerk. <laughs>
1: You I know just, what? I can't I,
4: I, I can't fathom I'm, that you watched this
1: and gave it a five point one. I'm going to like, take
2: a moment. I really did not like it the first
4: time I'm I gonna,
1: watched it. I'm gonna take a moment <laughs> to defend Scott on this. We all have those days where we just have a bad read on a movie. It's true. You did with this movie the first time you watched it. It's true, but I wouldn't have given it a five point one.
4: Like I still recognize I probably would have given it in the like sevens. Okay. Yeah. Or high sixes. Like, I gave Good, the Bad, and the Ugly a decently high rating, even though I didn't care for it, you know? Yeah. But I'm just saying, we all have 5.1 is, read. like, Chucky level. like <laughs> No, Chucky <laughs>
3: no. level is twos. Yeah, it's yeah. twos.
2: That's yeah. true. I think I gave Chucky in the fours. You were the highest rating on Chucky. You did. You loved Chucky. Oh, no, I I was (laughs) the highest rating on Chucky. I really loved Chucky. You were the highest rating on... uh, Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. John (laughs) Peter wrote you personally to thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, you guys... So the highest rating out of you three on Chucky was Zach at two. <laughs> I was the highest out of you three, <laughs> oh. and then they both gave it one point nine. I gave it a four point one, which was higher than Steve Zisu four point one. You <laughs> gave Ch- <Chucky. laughs> oh that was so disrespectful.
4: Yeah, you didn't. You didn't need to say that. <laughs> I did.
2: Chucky. Oh no, I gave Zisu four point two. <laughs> so uh, Zisu was better,
1: barely. <laughs> They're still failing both of them. <laughs> well, we are going to pretty soon have a revisit to. uh um, Wes, Anderson. Wes, Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah. So we'll see what Scott thinks about that. But the Anderson verse. I'm, I'm very nervous. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> Rightfully so. But next week. Uh, next week. What do we have? Up. That's next week. Oh, it's next week. Yeah. Wow. I buried the lead. Zach. Okay. What are we watching next week? We're watching
4: uh, Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums.
2: Ah. I never <laughs> watched it. I pretended like I was surprised by the <laughs> 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 You liar.
3: By next week, you mean ten minutes from now? Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Batch record. Yeah. Hashtag batch. I don't
1: know. That <laughs> sounds tag. like we're, that sounds batch like bad. We're, yeah. Sounds like we're advertising for a dead podcast. <laughs> hey, follow us. RIP.
4: <laughs> on our Who was that one socials fan? that don't exist. Who was that one fan that really liked you guys? Oh, Francis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. She, Shout out she to you came you, Francis, over here. If you're still listening, yeah, she, she, uh, listens. She, she, she listens. She messages the RP sometimes. She listens to
2: RP. Yeah. yeah. She That's has cool. told us that she thinks you guys are trash, but she still likes us. Did she really say that?
4: Yeah. Wow! She said Jake and Zach are trash specifically.
2: <laughs> she did. Yeah.
4: Wow. I, I'm gonna have no, to I doubt that.
3: I'm yeah, gonna have to go back and check on that. But if if it's true, we're gonna have some beef, Francis. Tell <laughs> tell
4: tell Francis to watch There Will Be Blood and then listen to our episode
2: and tell us if she really
4: thinks that we're trash. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um. In all seriousness, though, I do want to uh, end this podcast by saying, JP, you're trash. Stop listening. <laughs>
3: What is that? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was good. I like that. <laughs> that's our
1: that's our new stinger for every time Scott uh, trashes on JP. Oh, I thought we were done. I thought you killed the recording. No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so
4: JP has his own his own sound thing? Yeah. yeah. Nice. All
2: right. We always keep something for the person we like the least. Yeah, frat frat boy Scott over here.
4: <laughs> yeah, Boy I was, was going to say earlier, like if we're going to do video, JP will for sure learn who each of us is. He's already got it down. <laughs> that's true. Blondie. I guess he figured it out. You know what it
3: is? Is He He really liked the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's why he called me Blondie. Uh, uh, I'm about yeah, as blonde as,
2: right. as Clint Eastwood was in that. If JP was in the good, the bad, and the ugly, he'd be the tumbleweed that has no lines. <laughs> as, as much as JP trashes us in our Insta
4: messages, he still... In a separate chat, begs me to be on the podcast.
2: I bet he does. He's a little poor, sad boy. (laughs) He really wants to be on.
0: Hit it again.
1: (laughs) I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. (laughs) There we go. All right, Zach. Uh, Any uh, any final thoughts as we look forward to uh, to Royal Ten Bombs? I just feel like I made a
4: huge mistake.